Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. One of the key things for me, and I, I think without hands down, trying not afraid to i mean you got risks and losing that's part of the game right you gotta but the question is after you're losing what did you learn from it and and what are you gonna do differently this is property investry where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories mindset and strategies I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode, we continue the conversation with Alan Chan from Synergy Finance to talk about his strategy of leveraging, the tips he has for people looking to get into or already in the market, his take on the current lending situation Australia is facing and so much more. With a portfolio of 10 properties, Chan talks about the initial strategy he used when he first got started in investing. When I sold the St Kilda property, was I was uh, very blessed to meet my beautiful uh, wife, and and uh, before we got married, it's utilizing some of the government incentives, uh, which is first home buyers uh, to buy property. So again, we bought in the West, um, which was at that time uh, close to four hundred thousand. Um, you know, his house, um, but obviously we've intention to add value to it, whether it's renovation uh, to improve the capital um, of, of that property. And that was the start because, uh, again, that's what we could afford after I sold the properties. Uh, and then uh, once we did the renovation and, and revalued the property, then we, we can uh, ask the bank to borrow more money to capitalize uh, another investment property. So that's where you always started with one. And then uh, <laughs> you either use other people's money or you save up more deposit to go to the next one and subsequently you, you grow from there. Putting this into a time frame perspective, Chan shares that he purchased his first two properties between 2008 and 2010 before building his portfolio to include 10 investment properties. I think one of the key things also in the beginning phase, and I think investors don't understand when your first one or second one, it takes the longer time, right? It could be three, four years to build up that equity. You're either paying it down on a principal and interest basis, right? You're saving a bit more. Then it becomes quicker if you bought the right asset and, and the equity's gone up. So I was fortunate enough that that property's gone up in value and and able to you know build up a bit more. It gets, uh, what I'm trying to say is that the, the gap gets smaller and smaller as you go to the next one because it's like a snowball effect. Having purchased his first investment out of state, Chan explains what he looks for in a property to determine whether he should buy it or not and where he looks for these investments. Well, living is definitely in Sydney, um, but in other um, investment properties is interstate. But uh, for me, another thing that through my investment journey is understanding the taxation, whether it's a land tax, right, uh, or what benefits in different structures, I got to know a bit more in my mortgage brokering career. So I think um, 
you know, we're still always learning. So, so, and again, I'm learning from other investors that are doing it. So uh, I don't like to use the word copy, but I feel modeling ever since I was a young age in private banking was the basis that I got to where I, I did today. Right. So, I mean, there's people investing interstate. I always ask them, why are you investing interstate? Right. But then, uh, you know, did you know this and stuff? And, and I took notes and, and the main thing is about the implementation. So, you know, started, you know, investing. And also like residential and some people could talk about, oh, commercial's good. Then, you know, until you buy it, then you won't know, isn't it? Right? With so many properties in his portfolio now, Chan shares with us the moment that he became comfortable to build and purchase properties at the fast rate of almost one every year. I'm just blessed um, because of my business and the injection of capital, no doubt. It's allowed me to accrue more. But then uh, as I... Um, accrued more, then you, you become more choosy with your asset type. Like, for example, we mentioned about the return, you know, is it residential? Is it commercial? You know, am I using my savings? Am I using equity? It's given me a lot more choice uh, and a bit more pinpoint in terms of where the next investment's going to be, right? So, I mean, no doubt built equity. Um, and who knows, even investing with yourself or some of the things that you talk about as well is pretty exciting uh, in terms of the JV groups or the property groups. So, yeah, I'm interested in learning. I think that's the key. Leveraging other people's money or utilizing his own capital to grow a portfolio, Chan shares more about how he utilized this strategy successfully and some of the outcomes he's gotten. So, I think the first thing is it uh, doesn't matter if it's an investor or private bank client, right? You go back to what I said, it's, it's budgeting, right? So, so what's the expenses that's going out, right? Uh, even when I said understanding uh, negatively geared, neutrally geared or positively geared, uh, you know, makes your investment decision. So, do I have excess money, right? Where is that excess money going? At the same time, if you have one or two, my question would be, is it structured correctly, right? So, is it interest only? Is it principal and interest, right? If it's principal and interest, which is good, it's paying down the debt, that means you accrued equity, right? So, you know, we can actually, through our, you know, any online calculator by five years, you know, how much have you paid off, right? Assuming your valuation is the same, what's the equity that you built up, right? So that could be classed as part of your saving if it's on principal and interest. So in answering your, your question, I think the first thing anyone should be doing is no different to a business, is understanding your profit and loss, right? In business terms, or what's the income that's going in, what's the expenses, and what's the excess, right? So that is the critical and the basis of how, you know, I have actually helped, you know, buy the next one. Because if you're spending a lot more than, than you're earning, there's no way we can invest, isn't it? Chan answers the questions most people ask when it comes to loan repayments. Why should I be paying principal interest on investment property when most people put interest only and put the extra money into an offset or something similar? You need to speak to your accountant in terms of the best uh, taxation structure because the money could be in better use. That's number one. However, in, in saying that, you you know, if you're in a football game, there's always offensive and defensive, right? So I think one of the key things is like understanding the market whether, you know, at the moment, if the property is going down, right, and, and you know valuation values is not going to go up, obviously, you may consider principal and interest if you have extra cash, and then you can manufacture that equity, if that makes sense, right? Um, but at that time, when I first bought, the, the market was rising. So, you know, it may be interest only on the cash flow. And, and at that time, also, when I was beginning, I wasn't earning that much. Like, you know, cash flow was a challenge. 
uh, and then I was just really riding the wave on the property increasing and I sold it or you can re-leverage it, right? And that's how you get access to money. So I think everyone's situation is different. But what I do suggest is always reviewing, which I've got my spreadsheet or zero and some mechanism. I'm always, you know, monitoring, am I on the right track? And I think measurement is a key, isn't it? Talking more about his portfolio, he also shares where his properties are currently located. I've got properties in, uh, you know, uh, New South Wales, uh, commercial and residential, and then also in Queensland uh, and also commercial residential. Uh, I sold this, uh, some properties. I did buy and sell in Victoria. Uh, that's, that's, that's my personal preference. Um, and then uh, I haven't looked in there since. Uh, for me, also, I'm an investor that, you know, if I've got extra money and, you know, let's say 100000 what's the next investment property that I can afford within my current situation now? So I'm always asking that question, right? Because we go through a different life stage. I'm just sharing now, you know, I'm very blessed. My, my wife's got a, you know, beautiful second daughter. Like, you know, I'm not going to go proactively, heavily, like buy another property, right? When uh, there's on one income. So I think, you know, throughout understanding your life stage and your financial journey is very important. So, you know, that's why if we deal with clients or just in general, you, you need to know where you're at, isn't it, right? Or, or what you're going to be facing, whether it's starting a family, am I going to get married? So that means it's another income, which is great. You can buy another property and so forth, reassess the situation. So that, that's my little tip. Understand where you're at and where you're going to, where you're going to go. Mm, yeah, and everybody's situation is going to be different at different stages Absolutely. in their life. So that's the reason why it's it's kind of good to actually come and speak to somebody like yourself to get sort of like a financial check and then giving them uh, specific, I guess, recommendations on what they can do in their specific instance or their yeah, different and. And sometimes I tell clients that, no, absolutely, you know, we can't be doing that because you're spending more than you earn or we got to go a defensive strategy because you're buying a lot and you're over leveraging, right, which is one thing that we got to be careful about as well or going to lenders, which is what we call the lenders of last resort because they give you more borrowing capacity. But I anticipate the road ahead that I can see them coming to me. Oh, can you refinance? Alan, can you help me? Can you refinance? The lenders put up the rates and... And I specifically said to them, look, this is the lender of last resort. You need to do something with your portfolio. So um, that's why I love what I do because every situation and client is different and and uh, we all want to have the end game, which is having cash flow from our property. So yeah, hope that adds value. With this idea of working your way through lending tiers, Chan explains what this actually means. First tier lenders are basically your big four banks, right? Uh, second tiers could be, you know, your um, Bankwest, uh, ING, and then, uh, you know, non-conforming lenders like Pepper, Liberty. So there's a different scale uh, in terms of lending and the criteria is a different. So what I mean is, uh, Tyrone, you may be a, a hypothetically a PYG, which means, you know, salary earner, pay as you go. The way that ANZ looks at it may be very different to how second tier looks at it, right? So... Hence why the assessment is different. They would never get the borrowing power to the exact dot. But of course, we need to ask expense and all that stuff. So what I'm trying to share, your situation is factual. Everything's the same. There will be so many different outcomes and that's what we got access to, all these lenders. Chan adds that is here where using a mortgage broker actually comes in handy. Time and convenience and your data, I think that's important. Uh, for us, uh, we're very, you know, uh, 
critical on privacy or privacy where it comes to your credit report, right? So uh, you doing it yourself, that's fine. You may not know the technology. Just like yourself, you're a property expert, Tyrone. Like, you know, they should consult you if it comes to property. But, uh, you know, if you're an engineer, you don't do this every day, isn't it, right? So I think it's going to the experts uh, and getting the right advice rather than going to the banks directly because they just focus on one product, one policy. Whereas for us, it's multiple policies, isn't it? Speaking about our current re-elected Liberal government, Chan puts his take on how he thinks the policies released could potentially affect the lending requirements for investors in the next few years. Well, it's funny enough that uh, straight after the um, re-election of the coalition that uh, APRIS come out with some of the buffering rates, right? So for those listeners and viewers that, that may not understand what, what that is, there is a stress test in every bank. So I think like going back when we were talking about first tier, second tier, like different banks, banks have different stress tests. And at the moment, just on an average basis, I know it's on the media, it's like 7% is probably the benchmark, right? So in saying that, if that's lowered, right, to say 6%, 5%, guess what, to our borrowing power? Is it going to increase or decrease? It's going to? Absolutely. So therefore, this is the showstopper I see at the moment with APRA or, or, or the regulatory um, you know, uh, company uh, imposing on the banks, which is kind of putting a break on, on the whole borrowing environment. Uh, and if that's removed and with the coalition, uh, that will be amazing, right? Uh, and that would be uh, good news for our investors who's listening. Coming up after the break, we'll delve into mindset when it came to his property journey. I think what keeps me going is uh, ability to teach that, you know, learning when, I, you know, just thinking back when I was like, you know, losing all the money or, or someone, a mentor showing up to kind of show me the right path. I get juiced by that. Um, Why he believes seminars have helped him immensely during his journey. I like to study, I guess, successful people, right? It could be, uh, you know, um, anyone that's uh, walked the path. And because why do I believe in that is because if they've done it uh, and I, I do exactly what they say, you know, hopefully if I get 10% of, of their current results, you know, I, I'm very happy. I'll be a very happy man. And much more next. I'm Tyrone Shump and you're listening to Property Investory. Delving into the mindset side of things, Chan shares that while his portfolio and business could sustain his retirement as is, there are certain things that keep him within the property game. I think what keeps me going is uh, ability to teach that, you know, learning when, I, you know, just thinking back when I was like, you know, losing all the money or, or someone, a mentor showing up to kind of show me the right path. I, I get juiced by that. I'm sure that's, you know, probably one of your reasons with the podcast to share that valuable and expertise knowledge, not so much from a book or, or like you can read what depreciation is about, but actually hearing from people that have walked the ropes. Uh, and some of the challenges along the way or, 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 or vice, you know. So that's why I want to continue to do. Uh, that's why I, I have a team of brokers, not just working for, for myself because I can easily do that because I can share my knowledge in terms of lending to them and, and build their successful business, which no doubt resonates to their community, helping charity because I'm a big fan of that or volunteering around the world. That's, that's my big passion. 
Able to give back to the community, Chan talks a little bit more about some of the stuff that he's doing in terms of volunteering right now. I've been uh, building houses for the poor in the Philippines uh, and funny enough, this is my love story how I met my beautiful wife. Uh, so, you know, this has been a burning desire for me to be successful in business, not only in business but in property investing to generate the passive income to do the things that you want, uh, when you want, who you want and how often you want to do it. And not what you're thinking, just what you want to do in terms of like, you know, flying out and, and really a passion for things, right? If you want to be the best plumber, you got a time to do that. The best father, the, the, the best uh, volunteer, you know, you, you, you have a choice. I think that's the ultimate uh, why for me. Aside from lack of resources, Chan shares whether or not anything held him back from purchasing that first investment and why he believes mindset was integral to his success. I think, uh, like you said, what you touched on, mindset is very important as well, right? You may know the things, but until you have the right mind frame to push you to take that uncomfortable step or the fear of the unknown, then you will never action it and, and take that leap of faith anyway, right? So I always believe in business or even the property portfolio. You've got to have a different mindset uh, or, or, or thinking to, to be a successful investor or be a successful businessman and so forth, right? If you're doing the same thing that you're doing, right? Like what Einstein said, it's just pure insanity, isn't it, right? So uh, so I've, I've grabbed that and that's why I love, you know, you know, being on your show or a podcast, doing something new, right? I need to learn something and as you learn, then you can, oh man, it's that concept will work in my property portfolio or that concept will work in my business, right? So uh, I'm always open to that. Expanding on that, Chan shares that it's not only his mindset but his determination that has added to his success. One of the key things for me and I, I think without hands down, trying, not afraid to, I mean, you've got risks and losing, that's part of the game, right? You gotta, but the question is after you're losing, what did you learn from it and, and what are you going to do differently, isn't it, right? Because I, I, I often think people will go, oh, I have a, you know, I lost a lot of money, you know, I can, I can make it be, oh, it's the end of the world, you know, I'm just going to work for the rest of my life. I mean, I have to decide that mindset, what I'm going to do, isn't it, right? So, and uh, lucky I chose that path of investing, so God bless for that and, um, you know, uh, I'm very grateful for the success that I have today. He shares whether or not he had any initial resources or mentors that helped him when he first entered the property world. One big fan, uh, Anthony Robbins, right, was the mindset piece. I studied him very early piece when I was young. In fact, my first year when I was uh, working in the bank and that gave me kind of like that hope and inspiration that, you know, if you put your mind to it and, uh, you know, constantly vision it, right, it will happen and and all the things that uh, I've envisioned when I was like 20-something, uh, it's all happened, right? So uh, I guess the key uh, learning from that is don't, you know, stop or, or dare to dream. And and, and uh, even though like you may not have the how or the mechanics, but I think it really works. Uh, he talks about the other conscious mind or, you know, a lot of people call it subconscious mind is very powerful. And, and I feel you may not know how at this moment and he's famous quote is like people you know underestimate uh what what can do they can do in a sorry i'll say that again uh, they overestimate what they can do in a year but underestimate what they can do in a decade so you know i'm a pure testament you know you just got to keep at it keep learning uh and here i am right 
Chen adds that it was more seminars rather than books that also assisted him along his journey. Steve McKnight, I was fortunate to attend some of his seminars, uh, very property uh, focused. Uh, been to Mark Rolton, some of his courses, uh, understanding of property, uh, uh, not so much in implementing his strategies, right, uh, because it's a bit more advanced. Um, but, you know, I, I like to study, I guess, successful people, right? It could be, uh, you know, um, anyone that's uh, walked the path. And because why do I believe in that is because if they've done it, uh, and I, I do exactly what they say, you know, <laughs> hopefully if I get 10% of, of their current results, you know, I, I'm very happy. I'll be a very happy man. And what things he has learned from these, which have been helpful in determining his success. Going back to Tony, uh, because I was uh, in one of these groups, went to Whistler and, and that was the distinction where, uh, you know, when you're investing with your partner, right? And I just want to share that is that, you really need to do this as a team effort and understand both your psychology, right? You mentioned about like your mindset is very important, but you know, if you're investing with the other half, like if you don't know their mindset and we're not aligned to it, that's when often like we think as a man, right? For myself, increasing my portfolio, I was like very aggressive buying a lot of properties, but then I uh, didn't realize how it impacted my wife when she's very conservative or the mindset is different to who, uh, what I am, right? So Tony gave me a big lesson and, and, and it's about reassessing my portfolio and then I sold some properties and, and took the money off the table and, and um, you know, I'm very grateful for that because if I didn't have that learning or the lesson, I could have like over leveraged, which I mentioned in this podcast anyway, uh, would be very dangerous and detrimental to my uh, investment journey. Speaking in terms of advice, Chan shares what he thinks is the best advice he's ever received. Clarity is power. Uh, one thing with, uh, you know, with my wife is clarify and verify. That's been also my uh, very important things, right? I think we overuse, uh, we need to communicate and, and bits and pieces. But if, if you know, you're thinking about red and another person uh, is saying blue, I think uh, we're not on the same page. But I've communicated. It's red, but, you know, they're thinking completely different things. So, um, questioning, right? The power of questions uh, to enter into the other conscious mind has been very important. So, you know, I love it when people ask me, what, where do you see yourself in 12 months, three years, five years, 10 years is also, you know, a big, um, you know, important part of my life in goal setting or just envisioning and thinking bigger. And the personal habit that anyone can adopt that's helped him maintain success in both the business and personal sector. I think... Uh, Using better use of your time. Uh, so I am a bit more religious in terms of my calendar, what's happening in it. Uh, one thing that my wife taught me is like money you can make back, but time you can never get back. Like today, right? On the, in May, right? Talking to you. So I think that's a resource that's limited. So um, what you do in that time right? How effective you do in that time. So what are some of the outcomes that you achieve in that time? So um, again, I feel even in property uh, investing, it's all about the planning, right? So uh, why should it be any different in terms of your day or your week or your month? Uh, I feel that's important. With such an emphasis on time, Chan takes us back 10 years to tell us the best piece of advice he would have given himself. Firstly, is believe in what you're going to do. That's number one. Um, 
just keep trying uh, and and learn. But the key thing is implement, right? So, and reflect. I think we implement sometimes and we don't reflect uh, and what we could have done differently. Looking forward to the future, Chen also shares why he's looking forward to gaining the power to make various investment decisions in the next five years. Definitely have more power to um, select the right type of assets that I'm going to invest in. So whether it's residential, commercial, right? Knowing uh, you know how to access money, other people's money or other people's equity uh, to do the next thing. Uh, I mean, I've been an investor, so it's just a slow holding uh, and buying and selling, but you know, would be interested in more development, you know, building granny flats or something. That's something I haven't explored, right? Uh, so that that's on my horizon. Um, and in the business, just, um, yeah, growing and helping other people do the same. On a final note, Chan puts his spin on the question of whether his success has been determined by skill, intelligence or luck. I think... Uh, Probably 70-30, skill and intelligence, right, and planning and all that stuff. 30% is luck uh, because how do you know when the property is going to go up or down, right? It's all about timing. So I've been very blessed with timing, I guess. Um, But um, you've got to have that intelligence to take the action as well, isn't it? So, yeah, whether it's selling or keeping. So that's uh, what I would say the 30% luck comes from. And doing charity stuff, right? If you're giving and doing other stuff, that's where the luck comes in. That's what I believe anyway. If you want to reach out to Alan Chan to get a free financial health checkup and see how much money you could get access to, simply visit propertyinvestory.com forward slash money. To book in a time with Alan today to get your free financial health checkup, 